This podcast is for your entertainment only and is not the place to find professional medical advice. Hey guys, Jamie here and welcome to this week's episode of the Sound of Hope podcast. This week I chat with Emma, who's based in the UK. She had chronic fatigue syndrome when she was quite young, recovered, and then she got chronic fatigue syndrome again. So we're talking about her journey from CFS to recovery to CFS again and now she's on the path to recovery. We're vulnerable. We talk about inner child work. We talk about CFS recovery. And I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys because there's a, such a level of vulnerability. So stay tuned. Have a listen. It's an awesome episode. Hi, Emma. How are you? Hello, Jamie. I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. For those of you listening, um, Emma and I talked like, I think like, almost six or seven months ago about doing this podcast mm-hmm. and it's only happened now because spooty life and yeah. <laughs> that's a real thing and sometimes you like commit to something and it doesn't happen until six months later so I'm just really excited about this podcast thanks for coming on thank you for having me I've been so excited to come on here and talk to you yes <laughs> like like Jamie said we wanted to do it um yeah six months ago and then I had a crash after and then I've moved house and so much has happened hasn't it so we've only just got around to it but that's the reality isn't it yeah it's real and that's happened with a couple like that's happened with multiple guests it's like life happens and that's spoony life and Mm -hmm. I totally understand because I've been there um (laughs) so first question we ask a lot of our guests when they come on the podcast is I want to know what what is your pet peeve should have told me you were going to ask me questions. <laughs> well, I did. Give me time to think about them. I don't know. You don't um, have a pet peeve? No, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's good that there's nothing that comes immediately to your mind. Yeah. The thing so, that immediately came to my mind is when people are, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's more like when people can't, when they feel like they're not being themselves, you know, like they're putting mm-hmm. on a bit of a front. I like it yeah. when people are genuine and yeah, it's that, that I think that's what came to mind. Yeah, I totally, that's actually, I haven't heard that one before, but that's actually quite good. Cause I get that as well. It's like, so what do you really think behind all of that? Mm, mm, mm. Like hidingness. I don't know how to explain yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, okay. Awesome. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is related to chronic fatigue syndrome, which you've obviously had for a number of years and kind of your own journey because it's quite unique in the sense that, um, from my understanding, you had chronic fatigue recovered and then you got it again and sort of relapsed. And now you're kind of on the recovery path 2.0 and, (laughs) I'd love to hear more about what that kind of journey has looked like. How did you get chronic fatigue syndrome and what was kind of your initial journey of recovery? Okay. It's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone well, watching, make sure you've got a cup of tea and you're ready to listen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> my water yeah, is here. Water, water. Um, okay. So I was a healthy child, really active, energetic, and just quite enthusiastic about life and then when I was 10 I got pneumonia and I think that was the first thing that kind of weakened my system a little bit um 
And then there was just like a succession of things that happened during my teen years that eventually led into CFS. So without going into too much detail, I got glandular fever, which a lot of people yeah. do. It's, that's often a um, precursor for CFS for a lot of people. And I had like a lot of kind of stresses at home, like my parents got divorced and various other things were going on. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I was, I was 14 when I got glandular fever and things were just never really the same again after that physically. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I, I dislocated my knee when I was 16, which sounds like kind of a minor thing, but I was, um, well, I'd hoped to be in a professional dancer. So through my teen years, I was oh, training, yeah. getting ready for dance school. And so dislocating my knee and having the doctor say, oh, you know, you're never going to be able to dance professionally. For me as a 16 year old, that was like my whole future kind of caving yeah, in. Was, yeah. Yeah, it was big. Um, and I just, from that moment, I think, just seemed to kind of feel like there was more and more symptoms appearing. So yeah. since I had the glandular fever, I was always tired. So I'd go to school. As soon as I got in from school, I would need to sleep for like two or three hours after school every day. And the doctors were just like, oh, it's just because you're a teenager. It's just because you're stressed or whatever. But I knew something wasn't right. I was always catching different illnesses and various things. The usual CFS story. Yeah. Um, but then by the time I got to like, just approaching my 17th birthday I felt all I can all I can really describe it as is I felt really ill all of the time so it was like it felt like something wasn't right in my brain and my eyes with my vision and I felt very dizzy and had something that I now know as depersonalization or dissociation which is a feeling that you're not in your body you feel like yeah. you're looking at the world through like a veil so anyway, all this stuff was going on and had really excruciating headaches and stuff. And then, yeah, one day I was at school and I, I collapsed at school and mum had to come and get me, take me home. And from that moment, I went into severe ME. So it was almost like I'd had this build up over a period of years of symptoms increasing. And then suddenly I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't sit up um yeah I needed um, so yeah that that happened and then very quickly I was diagnosed with CFS after that um chronic fatigue syndrome oh, so you got diagnosed yeah. really <laughs> I got diagnosed quite quick but I don't know we say quick but it, you've got to remember there was a yeah. period of time leading to the collapse there was a period of time where I had a lot of symptoms so I was at the doctors a lot so I suppose my doctor had this record of me having the, this lead up to it over the period of four years um just so yeah I was I was referred sorry don't you say something. no I'll keep going yeah. I was gonna say I was referred to the hospital and they did like an MRI scan and a few other things and it was a, a process of elimination which is the case at the moment sadly for CFS there's no test you can do for it um but they were pretty sure I had like classic ME classic CFS um yeah. And it was weird because I remember this doctor saying to me, you've got this. And so I was like, okay, right, we know we know what it is. I, I, a few, I know what's wrong with me. It's got a name. But he said, oh, there's nothing we can do. You have to just go home. Some people get better, some people don't. 
and yeah. as like a 17 year old you're like classic what like I, I'd suddenly gone from feeling like I was this normal teenager to having my world like yeah just change so yeah um I'm, I'm aware that my journey is long so I'm going to kind of I feel yeah. like I need to fast forward it a bit <laughs> well, no, I just wanna, like a couple of things I think we one that's I've heard this story so many times where people ha- in high school, specifically you're as kids, like present themselves to the doctor with certain health issues and the doctor's like, mm. oh yeah, it's just because of, it's normal. It's, and then you get to be an adult and you get diagnosed with something and it, and you're like, I don't know if obviously none of that was normal. I don't know what, no. Doc- <laughs> like. No, and how is it normal? Like I remember I used to be in the um, school kind of, we used to call it the common room, you know, where everyone could kind of gather. And I've got this memory of being like at lunchtime, I was laying down with a pile of coats on, this is just like one of my earliest memories of it, a pile of coats on my head because I couldn't tolerate the light. And it was like excruciating. It's like, that isn't normal. You know, it's just when doctors don't know what's wrong with you, they'll say, oh, it's normal. But I think, you know, for anyone watching this who maybe hasn't been diagnosed yet, my advice is to just try and find that strength to keep going. If you know something's not right, then it's not right. And, you know. Yeah, totally. I have a friend that I was actually talking to recently and we were talking about, she thinks she has an autoimmune condition or SIBO. And we were talking about the importance of that diagnosis as well. Like for, for her, because she needs something to kind of hold on to, regardless of whether it's like treatable or, curable or whatever you need something yeah (laughs) yeah and I think it's like touching on what you're saying about being 17 and being presented with that like one of the things I learned with my CFS journey is that there's a level of trauma that happens when you have that severe of health issues that I think is Mm -hmm. underestimated like Mm -hmm. as a I mean as a seven I didn't I got diagnosed at 23 I think it was but as a 17 year old being told that and even having those types of symptoms that's actually quite traumatic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's definitely now and for me it's a lot of years on yeah <laughs> that I'm realizing the trauma attached to what I've been through because I think it is traumatic it's traumatic having suddenly your life change <clears throat> and living in a body that doesn't work as it should and having symptoms like that to that level and to that degree is really traumatic um and yeah. I think you know we live inside our bodies and and being inside a body that you feel you can't trust is is trauma in itself isn't it well and I think it's where like the whole disassociation thing that doesn't surprise me because yeah. it's it's yeah. your body is trying your your brain is actually trying to protect you f- to some extent from what's happening in your body yeah. what's happening yeah. outside of your body yeah. and um yeah anyway I just wanted to acknowledge that and also acknowledge that for people that are going through CFS or other issues is like I think don't underestimate how traumatic it can be to be in those moments and having no control and that that doesn't have to define our journeys but also acknowledging hey like this is hard this is sad it needs to be felt you know yeah definitely and I'll come you know I'll come to all that a little bit further on in our chat because I think my healing a lot of it up until this point now especially the last few years has been around like untangling that 
that trauma of feeling it and and really getting in touch with my body again and my heart and yeah not not kind of go I think maybe that's why you know when you said about the pet peeve question the first thing that came to my head was that thing about people not expressing what they truly want to express and not being genuine and I think the reason maybe I said that is because for me that's been such a huge like thing in my life I think a lot of what has kind of kept my illness going and a lot of what has maybe even caused me to get sick in the first place aside from the physical things like glandular fever was you know being in the world being in a world that expects I think so much of us society and you know you've got to be perfect you've got to be um you know when I say perfect I mean you've got to be this happy smiley person all the time or like at least that's what we think many of us especially when you're a teenager and I think it's like oh if you're anxious then you're weak or if you cry then it's not right and actually I think one of the most healing things that we can do is is express what we really feel inside that takes Um, strength and courage Definitely. Like yeah. acknowledging your pain and letting yourself feel it. Yeah. Honestly, in my view, there's nothing harder. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know. I really know. And I think when, you know, going back to when I first got sick, those, like, I, I didn't want to see any, I wasn't really well enough, but I didn't even want people to come and visit me because there was this, I think this shame around, me not feeling like I was you know good enough and this is like going really deep quite quick into our chat but I love it I did feel that and I felt like it's only in recent years that I will let people come and see me if I'm having a bad day because yeah I've learned to accept myself more whether I'm sick or not but for a long time I felt like I wasn't yeah I wasn't good enough unless I was you know, unless I was able to sit up, unless I looked okay. Um, There was like this set of things that I think I lived by. And I think that is, that happens just, that's a case, should I say, for so many of us. Um, Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. Yeah. And I think, thanks for sharing that because it's something I've struggled with as well. I remember I was actually recently laying in bed feeling quite unwell and thinking to myself like "Mm, who would who would want to be friends with me in this moment or would I would I ever find a partner or would I what if I never get to the point where I'll be and I don't have chronic fatigue but I have chronic pain and I also have like mental health stuff and I'm like am I ever going to get to that point where I'll be healed enough to be good enough for whatever And I am Christian. So I felt like I've heard the voice of God say, Jamie, you're enough. You're enough Mm -hmm. sick. You're enough not sick. You're enough sad. You're enough happy. You're enough. Yeah. And that was actually a massive, and regardless of what faith or non-faith you come from, like you are enough. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you you're enough. That is, yeah, you know? yeah. And this is what we're telling everybody who's watching this, listening to this. You are enough, exactly as you are. It's like, like you said, you know, if the voice of God, God came to you because he, you know, this, and this applies to people who aren't Christian as well, because yeah. it can, you know, you can interpret it however you want. Yeah. But we're enough as we are, just as we are for who we are in our souls and in our hearts, not 
you know it's not it's not defined by how we look or how much we can do because I think living with it's it's coming up well it's just been my 20 year anniversary of having CFS so 20 years a long time and I think yeah it's only recently that I've realized as you just said that I am enough as I am whether I'm ill or not and you know of course I want to live like a full life and I want to feel fully well and fully healthy but if I'm having a day where I'm really unwell same as with you Jamie it's not it doesn't mean we're not good enough um you know yeah yeah thanks for sharing that I love how deep we're getting like straight away (laughs) I've only got to the beginning of my journey I need to go right in um no and it's true and I think it's something that I'm realizing more even just with like yeah getting mobility aids getting disability support at my university it doesn't mean that I'm not still fighting for my healing it doesn't mean that I've given up yeah it means that I'm choosing to acknowledge where I'm at Mm -hmm. and living in the now and not yet which is this is now but I'm also believing and hoping that this is going to be different in the future yeah but making peace, making peace yeah. with where you are right now, I think is one of the biggest healing tools, mm. like if not the biggest, because it's like, yes, still do things that are going to help you feel better. Yes, still hope for recovery or being as well as, as you possibly can be. But if you're in resistance to the present moment, so you're pushing it away and you're feeling angry and not that you're not allowed to feel angry, but you're maybe, may, let's say you with mobility age, you're thinking, no, I'm not going to have them because I don't want them. And da, 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 da. Yeah. That's just restricting you, you know, acknowledging that you need help right now, acknowledging that this is going to make your life a bit easier. Um, that then leads to more freedom. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, we, let's get back to you in a sec, but I just want to share this one thing. Okay. <laughs> um, I was actually a couple of weeks ago, I was in the grocery store and I was, I had done a pretty full day of shopping and I was in probably like seven out of 10 pain in my mm-hmm. back. And rather than be angry about it, I just put my hand on my back and I said, that's okay. You can be in pain and that's okay. And it's, and you can just be there if you need to be there and I'm not mad about it. Just feel, and I just was like talking to my body and I was like, it's okay. And literally my pain went from eight and eight to a three within 10 minutes really yeah wow because I let my acknowledge it and I said it's okay yeah yeah you Uh, listen you listened to your body's message yeah and I think so often symptoms are messages from our body and I think you often we're trying to push them away aren't we like we don't want you to be there go away or try and take a tablet to get rid of the pain but by you doing that you tuned into what your body was trying to tell you and then I think that opens up I don't know just opens up some sort of healing pathway I think yeah totally um yeah so (laughs) back to the story (laughs) well I think honestly these types of chats in the middle of the story are actually so good um 17 years old yeah told you have chronic fatigue and that there's no options yeah Yeah. So, and obviously at that point, I knew, well, first of all, what I'll say is at that point, the internet had only just, so we're going back to like the year 2000 here. This is when, when it was 20 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) 
Wow. No, <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, there was mobile phones had only just come out. There was no Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. You know, there was there was hardly anything online, really. The reason I'm saying this is because if you get diagnosed now, yes, it is still awful, of course, like traumatic, all those things, but you've got access to things like this podcast. Podcast didn't even exist then. Um, So I was sent home from the hospital with nothing. There was just this, one of my mum's friends had ME and she'd got, um, by the way, ME, also CFS, but I call it ME, but CFS. Um, Yeah, yeah, she'd kind of got so she could work part-time. And so she was my only little kind of, what's the word like connection with the ME world I knew I just was left at home unable to do anything needing 24-hour care and yeah there was no resources so it was it was frightening um I hung on to the hope that I could get a bit better just because I knew of my mum's friend she was like yeah just my little beacon of light at that time um so a year went past my 18th birthday came when and at that point what started to happen then was I started to get really anxious. I'm not saying I didn't feel any anxiety before because I did, but I had what I would, I suppose, label as my first nervous breakdown when I was 18. Um, So this is just kind of going on a little bit of a tangent about mental health stuff. Um, I have, well, have experienced anxiety to a degree since I was, my earliest memory of having a panic attack was when I was about three years old. So it's... something I've really struggled with through my life. I'm a lot better now with it, um, which I'll come to in a bit. But yeah, it it really, that really took hold of me because I think a year in, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to get better. What on earth am I going to do? And I just felt full of like, it was like full of terror, like the fear response, really, really exaggerated. And that was a really difficult really really difficult time um so that happened and coffee see this is the whole body's messages you know when you start talking about something difficult your body i can't speak um it's okay it's okay yeah (laughs) yeah i love you throat (laughs) um yeah no it's just weird talking about it because it's such a long time ago but i think looking back to think of like an 18 year old going through that it's it's sad isn't it and it's yeah you feel I suppose now I've done a lot of work on self-love and the stuff you were talking about and so it's almost like when I think about me at that age I just feel love for my younger self you know you ever go back and talk to your younger self yeah I have done yeah I have done yeah. and I've done a lot of it I suppose it's called inner child work a lot of yeah. my healing's been around that and it's like Same. yeah going back talking to your younger self, giving them the love and support that they needed at that time. It's quite a nice thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so this, there was this horrible time when I was 18. And then what happened after that was I started to, I, it was books. It was all about books because as I said, the internet was very limited then. Um, and I started reading some books and this was tiny bits of reading at a time because with my ME, CFS, it's always been my vision and my brain that's been really affected. A lot of neurological symptoms. 
So when I say reading, to start with, this was just like a line of a book, then have a rest, then a line of a book, have a rest like that. Um, oh, wow. But I started reading books on, the first one was by someone called Susan Jeffers called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. It's really like, really, really old book. But it started, it, I think that was my first introduction to you can have some sort of, I don't want to use the word control, but control over your thoughts is what I suppose what, what I'm trying to say. Um, Influence. And I started to just become really interested in, you don't have to be at the mercy of your mind and all this kind of anxiety. You know, there are ways of calming your system down and making yourself feel a little bit better. Um, and I started to get into meditation and I just became so interested in holistic health. So it could be anything. I was like, I just was so interested in all kind of aspects of it. Um, and when I was about, I started to slowly get a little bit better. So maybe we're going to about when I was about 19, 20, that kind of age. And I was able to do little things. So maybe I could go into town and look around a couple of shops with my mum and then I'd have to rest for like three days afterwards. It was like that kind of level. So I wasn't yeah. kind of bedridden anymore, but I was having these ups and downs and I was still really restricted. Um, but I then came across a book called Why Me by someone called Alex Howard. And he, in this book, had got ME um, and fully recovered. And this was my first recovery story that I ever yeah. read and saw. And I was like, oh, powerful. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, somebody's got better from this thing. Um, and in the back of the book, there was his contact details and he said that he'd set up this clinic in London. Now this, for anyone who knows of the Optimum Health Clinic, which is one of the like leading clinics in the UK for CFS, um, this was Alex Howard, the founder of the Optimum Health Clinic. Wow. So this was 20 years ago when he was in his first year of it. Wow. Um, and all there was at the time was Alex and Nikki. Um, she did nutrition. He did all the kind of psychology side. So I got in touch with him and we made an appointment for me to go see him. Um, and that really was, I think, the thing that began my recovery from CFS. So for anybody listening, watching, I made what I thought was a full recovery from CFS during the, the years that were to come. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alex um, was doing a form of brain retraining. So he'd qualified in hypnotherapy, NLP, all of that kind of stuff. And although ME CFS is very much a physical illness, like 100%, there are elements of it that come from the body being stuck in a state of stress response. Yeah. And what Alex helped me to do was learn to calm my system down, get into a healing state and ultimately tap into that power that lies within our bodies. Like our bodies want to be well. We've got like this innate healing wisdom in us. Um, and I think I was just stuck in, after becoming so poorly, I was stuck in this state of fear like fight or flight, um, which was, yeah, not allowing my body to heal. Yeah. So it took a long time. It took about, I think it was about two years after that of applying the processes and the tools and things that he taught me. Um, but 
I slowly began to recover. So this is my early 20s. And I trained in reflexology and massage and holistic therapy. So I started doing my training part time. And by the time I was, I think it was about 24, I made what I believe to be a full recovery. So I was able to do everything. I was able to work full time. I was able to go to my dance classes, go to the gym, yeah. travel. Um, and it was incredible. And I felt invincible. That was how I felt. I felt like, right, I've overcome this. Like I can do anything. Yeah. Um, and in some ways it was an amazing time of my life. Like I had, I think about three years where I was recovered. But what happened was um, I became, I think it's, it's very, it's difficult to explain, but I, I became disconnected from myself. And so what I mean when yeah. I talk about that, I mean, I was like, I felt so happy to be well that I wanted everything from life. So I became very... Yeah. Um, all about achievements and like I wanted the next thing and I wanted like it all became about what I could do and how much I could do and how much I could cram in and I ended up just burning the candle at both ends like totally neglecting my body um and that's yeah it was it was a real crazy time um but what happened was my symptoms started to slowly come back and looking back now, I know that was just my body saying, not, oh, go and rest in bed for days on end, but just listen to me, slow down, take care of me. And I ignored all those messages because I think there was, I suppose, deep down an element of fear because it was like, oh, I don't want this to come back again. So I was pushing it away yeah. um, and just trying to, to keep on going. My days were just crammed full of stuff Jamie like just ridiculous amount of stuff I was doing so yeah the symptoms slowly came back over about a year I felt really really tired all the time but when it's just fatigue as in just kind of normal fatigue you can push through it so I was just pushing through it um but then more and more symptoms started to come back and 10 years ago, so 10 years ago from now, I went on a long haul flight that was delayed. So it was delayed 24 hours and I ended up not sleeping for two days. And that was the catalyst then yeah. for me to go back into full blown ME. Um, wow. Very, yeah, I came back from that holiday in a wheelchair and I can't even put into words how unwell I was at that point. It was like my body was totally shutting down so yeah I remember it sounds extreme but I remember thinking I felt so close to death like so close to death um and I was bedridden again and I had to I had to move back with my mum um my relationship broke down I'd been with my partner since I was 15 so we'd been together like about 13 years at this point but he couldn't cope with, with what had happened to me, like that I'd got sick again because he'd been through it with me the first time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was back living with my mum. Obviously I lost my business and everything. 
and I needed 24 hour care again. So I couldn't, yeah, at this point I couldn't sit up. I couldn't tolerate light. I couldn't hold a conversation. I couldn't brush my own hair. I couldn't do anything. Um, wow. And to get to the bathroom, I either needed to be kind of carried by two people or I'd crawl along the floor. Um, the dizziness, like the room was spinning constantly. It was just horrific, Joe. It was horrific. And that's when I then had my, so I spoke about my first nervous breakdown. Then I had my second nervous breakdown. So that, I don't think they even use that term anymore, nervous breakdown, but it was just a complete breakdown of not only my physical body. So that was the DCFS bit, but my emotional self too. So I just felt really intense terror 24 hours a day and I was suicidal at that point yeah so it was yeah I was diagnosed with it was like severe clinical depression and something else some other anxiety disorder but it was as a direct result of the CFS because yeah. I'd gone from being recovered to being so sick again way more sick than the first time um so well. at this point <laughs> it was like it, it was like this I've been through this whole journey of being sick having to give up my dreams of being a dancer really kind of clawing my way back to health and working so hard to then finding myself in like a worse position um, yeah. yeah wow thanks for sharing that uh, we'll I know we'll get to the it comes back up I'm sure yeah yeah, yeah it gets better <laughs> yeah um I think I just want to sit on that point what you kind of the the point that you made about not listening to your body not connecting with yourself because I think it's one thing that I've obviously recovered from CFS and I'm fairly normal again. I can't do the gym really because I have chronic pain, but yeah. energy wise, I can. Um, but I very much relate to that in the sense of like, I do have to be careful with, with as much as I'm recovered. And I think it's in, and most people should be careful. Like I yeah. schedule a day every week where my phone is off. You can't contact me. I'm resting. I'm processing I'm crying probably I'm talking to my inner child like because it's it's a pause and it's saying okay I'm going to take this space and listen yeah. to what my emotions are telling me what my body's telling me and regardless of whether you're ill or not ill that is should be a priority yeah yeah and that's what will keep that's what will keep you well and I think that's what I just would tell myself if I could go back to the me who'd recovered before, that's what I would tell myself, that this, just because you, you've now got this label of recovery, doesn't mean that you're, in, like I mentioned, I felt invincible. It's like, oh, I can do anything. But actually human bodies need care and our souls need care and our spirits need care. We need to have a balance in our life, whether we're well or not. You know, we need to have that day, like you said, where our phone switched off, where we're connecting to ourselves and not just, social media and the external world and and doing stuff and getting caught up in achievements and that is I think this this point 
in my journey where I got so sick again, it was so extreme, but it was what needed to happen for me to start to look inwards because I think yeah. my recovery the first time around was all about kind of brain retraining and doing all that, but it wasn't about connecting to my spirit, which was the bit that was missing, the missing piece, I think. So yeah, it's been 10 totally. years. Right. And such a good point that you make as well, because my first leg of recovery from chronic fatigue was very much the um, the changing the diet, connecting with your brain, yeah. all of that thing. But my next, I still have chronic pain. And I think that once I connect with myself more, that's going to get better. Yeah. You know, I bet it will. And you've got, you see, you've had little snippets into that because of like what happened the other day when you were in the supermarket and you felt that pain in your back and you connected to it that's like you beginning to break that down if you've been able to do that and bring your pain from like a seven to a three then that's the start of that isn't it but it takes time and I think you know people's journey doesn't need to like I know when I first got sick and I heard of people who'd been ill for like three four five years oh no way so I mean thinking about someone like who's had it for 20 years to some degree or another I don't want that to scare people because it doesn't need to be that long my journey has been this long for various reasons but it doesn't have to be that long but it does take a bit of time and, and a bit of patience um with ourselves and with our bodies yeah and honestly I'd like to say regardless of how long it is and how severe your symptoms like what you like it's okay you're enough yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, we're like whatever, I mean, you're adding so much to this world through your Instagram, through just doing stuff like this. And Thank I'm you. sure to the people around you and like, yeah, I guess that's something I'm conscious of when I talk about CFS recovery is it's like, I know my journey, but yeah, I don't want to have people ever feel like, oh, like I, because I'm not recovered, I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you were in a really dark place so what happened yeah <laughs> so how did it get to here yeah so, yeah so um yeah in a really dark place I don't know how to even begin to talk about how I got out of it because it was so subtle um I did need at that point sometimes I hesitate about whether to, to talk about this or not but I think one of the turning points for me I'm just going to talk about it. Um, yeah, so, so my general approach to healing is holistic. But at that point, I went on to um, sleeping tablets and tranquilizers. And that's not something that I did lightly. But I was at a point, as I said, where I was suicidal. And I wasn't sleeping because the, the anxiety was so intense. And this had been going on for months. So my body was totally broken down. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't do anything, but also had this intense fear. So I think by going onto those tablets, that enabled me to begin to just physically calm my system down. And this isn't something I'm advising to people at all. It's just, yeah. that's what I needed at that point. Um, and then once I'd kind of just taken that fear down by a little notch I could then begin to apply some of the tools that had helped me from before so that might just be doing a five minute guided meditation or just doing a tiny little bit of gentle brain retraining um and slowly I began to build my strength up really slowly and I realized that I had to 
just start to focus on the path ahead rather than thinking, oh my goodness, I've got sick again and da da da. And, and slowly I just turned it around. Um, it, it started by me just being able to sit up for a couple of minutes a day and eventually I could stand at the back door, like holding onto my mum just to get a bit of fresh air for maybe a minute or something. And very, 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 very slowly I began to rebuild my strength. Obviously I came off those tablets then as soon as I could. Um, but the journey then I think began into really connecting with myself. And I think I was forced to go inwards because obviously for that period of time, I couldn't have any external distraction. I couldn't have the TV on. I couldn't have the, any music on. I couldn't have anything. So all day, every day I was in darkness. So I had to go within. And I think that's why it happened to me because mm -hmm. God, the universe, however you want to kind of refer to it wanted me to connect back to my soul yeah. um and I started to just get joy in tiny things so I remember I was laying downstairs in my mum's house and someone had bought me some freesias some beautiful flowers and I remember just looking at this flower and thinking god I've never noticed how beautiful flowers are before and that's kind of the shift I think that's come from that point is that I see things through really different eyes and that's never gone away like nature means so much to me now and I don't think I even noticed nature before yeah. um so yeah I mean I don't I wish I could give one answer on how I started to get well again but it felt like it was just really connecting to my spiritual self so exploring meditation um exploring what actually was important to me in life realizing that it's not all about external achievements beginning to really dive into this um noticing that I was rejecting myself so thinking I'm not good enough unless I'm well or I'm this I'm that which I was talking about before wow. and really beginning to yeah explore that I read and listened to so many books on different things um The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is one of the books that I actually read the first time around with Emmy so when I was 20 um but then it really was kind of my bible the second time around too because that really helped me to just tune into the present moment and try and find joy in every, in every single day even if it was just little tiny pockets of joy um yeah yes i started to get better and i started to do a little bit of like brain retraining again in like a gentle way but then what's happened kind of fast forwarding over the last 10 years because I have still got CFS and I am still kind of restricted. But what I, I think the reason I didn't kind of fully recover like that is because a lot of different things have happened in terms of like my dad passed away. Then very quickly after that, my granny and granddad yeah. did. Um, I got an allergic reaction to some medication that was life threatening. And there was a few other things that have gone on over the last few years that have set me back. Yeah. Um, and then four years ago I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and PCOS and a few other things to do with my endocrine system now the endocrine system is is linked to it's your adrenal glands your ovaries your pituitary gland all the stuff to do with your nervous system so I personally believe that the thyroid thing in that has been triggered as a kind of downstream effect from years of of dealing with kind of trauma and kind of such severe illness um yeah. so I'm working on now healing 
kind of all the different systems of my body. And I'm at a level where I would say probably, I mean, compared to where I was years ago, I'm miles away from that. I feel like, yes, occasionally I feel a little bit of anxiety or occasionally I'll have a little patch of depression, but generally I feel more connected to myself than I ever have. And I feel a lot of the time I feel peaceful. I feel grounded. Um, and I think the areas that I'm, I still need to heal are obviously my hormones and all that kind of endocrine system, um, which I'm trying to do through diet and herbal medicine. Um, but it's like, yeah, the main thing that I get now is it's just fatigue. So fatigue and brain symptoms, they are my thing that I struggle with. And it's, you know, I will relapse into quite severe fatigue where I can't really do anything, but it's never to that point of like 10 years ago, it will pass within two or three days. And then I get back to this kind of level where I'm still really fatigued, but I can function. So like I can do this. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the biggest kind of, I had psychotherapy that really helped for like, that. I think that really helped in terms of processing stuff from my childhood, getting to know myself better, dealing with some of the trauma of what had happened to me, but also getting to know myself. Yeah, getting to know myself more and how I worked, that definitely helped. Um, yeah. And meditation has been key for me, absolutely key. And then I know we touched on earlier the breath work. So the last six months, um, I came across someone on Instagram. His um, handle is Breathe with James. So just Breathe with James. And his sessions have been so transformative for me. So it's really deep breath work, but connecting breath work with manifestation and future wow. visualization and stuff which I found to be so powerful um so that's like a real yeah. fundamental part of my healing practice now as well yeah I saw that you were posting a lot about it on Instagram we'll definitely mm -hmm. link that in the show notes um mm -hmm. breathe with James mm -hmm. I haven't been able to do it because he does it I think evening your time which is like I think like 4 a.m my time yeah, or something it's bad times so, for you isn't it the yeah. lives are it's such a shame because like yeah just have I was, an online studio yeah because he does lives right he does like he does instagram lives he just he's, he's not doing them at the moment but he goes through kind of patches of doing like one every evening in the week um and he also has an online studio where i'm a member and then you get access to loads that are just like pre-recorded. Okay. But basically what he does is there's kind of normal breath work, which is um, like anybody who's practiced breath work will be familiar with it. So it's kind of like breathing in and out for certain counts and numbers and stuff. But his live breath work sessions and the manifestation ones, he does this incredible breathing technique to music and it just takes you to like this totally different place it feels like it's just resetting your whole nervous system wow um it's incredible i really highly recommend him to anyone because yeah it's been amazing for me yeah well thanks so much for coming on today i guess i guess i just want to say like thank you for sharing all of that you're so strong and i just admire that so much because i have also been there 
and it's hard like in those moments where you're like I actually don't know how I'm going to get out of this I don't know if I want to try to get out of this because not being alive right now feels better than or would like it would bring me relief from this pain Mm -hmm. and I love hearing stories like this where it's like you were there and you were there for a significant amount of time but look at you now and look at what Mm -hmm. you're doing and how you're helping other people with your Instagram and how you're like connecting with yourself and I just admire that so much it's just like you're just so strong and thank you for sharing all of that thanks for coming on the podcast thank you for having me Jane thanks for listening to the Sound of Hope podcast if you want access to show notes go to chronichope.org where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and make sure to follow us on our Instagram at chronic underscore hope see you next week Bye.